Let's take a moment in prayer. Jesus, we thank you that you are our good shepherd. Help us through your word and through the power of the Holy Spirit to hear your voice, to know your voice, to follow you, to trust and obey. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. So we've been spending the last two weeks really talking about finding satisfaction for your soul. And the first week we spoke about Jesus as the bread of life and feeding the hunger that we have in this life. And then last week that Jesus is the living water who quenches the thirst of our soul. And now that uh, we have the bread and water, right, which are fundamental for what we need to live, fundamental for our spiritual health, there is still more that our soul does seek, still more that it wishes to be satisfied. And that is to be known, to be called by name, to be protected, to be cared for. And so this morning, we come to Jesus, who is our good shepherd, who knows us, cares for us, provides for us, calls us by name. And so this morning, in our account, there are really three different characters, so to speak, in this account. There are the sheep, there's the thief, and then there's the good shepherd. Now, all of these are kind of interspersed throughout the account, but I thought for our own benefit this morning, we would kind of separate them out and take them one at a time. So when I read scripture, it's going to be kind of all the section from regarding sheep and all the section regarding the thief and all the section regarding the good shepherd. I think it'll just help us to understand a little bit. So we're going to first talk about sheep. Yes, sheep, right? Before I even get to the text, we need to talk about sheep. Because sheep is a metaphor that is used a lot throughout the Old and the New Testament. We are called the sheep. He is called the shepherd. And when we normally think about sheep, we think about pictures like this, and we go, oh, aren't they cute? In my teenage years, I worked on a sheep farm. I got to know sheep and the nature of sheep very well. And I have to tell you, they are not like this. Okay, so let's talk about real sheep. All right. The first thing you should know about is that sheep are not white and fluffy. They are dirty, stinky animals. And they often look kind of like that. Because sheep have something called lanolin. And lanolin is what they excrete to make their wool basically waterproof. And it's wonderful. You probably have used some cream or salve or something to soften your skin, right? And it's made out of lanolin. The thing about that, what they excrete and covers their surface, it attracts all of this dirt. And it is stinky. And when you work with sheep all day long and you come home, the first thing you do is change your clothes and take a shower because you stink to high heavens regarding sheep. Do you get the idea? 
Okay. Now, you and I are not covered with lanolin. We are covered with sin, right? We exude sin. And just be thankful that your sin doesn't actually stink from your nose, because if it did, we would all stink to high heaven, wouldn't we? And we would need to take a shower. But it is the natural nature of us as sheep that we are covered with sin. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 22 says, Though you wash with lye and use much soap, the stain of your guilt is still before me, declares the Lord. Welcome to being a sheep before the Lord. The other thing you should know about sheep is they are not bright animals. As a matter of fact, sheep are some of God's dumbest creations. I can tell you this. When I would feed the lambs, and they, there were hundreds of them, and you would come with a feed, they would gather around you so tightly that I literally would have to stand on their backs to get the feed out there. I've also seen sheep crowd so tightly together they, they have suffocated some of their own. That's how dumb they are. From a true story here in eastern Turkey, in 2005, sheep plunged 45 feet over a cliff to their death, 400 of them. You would think some of them would have stopped and said, no, I shouldn't go there, but they all went over the cliff. You and I are like sheep. Isaiah, many years ago, wrote this, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to his own way. So think about it this morning. Most of us like to think that we are white, fluffy sheep. I've only given you two little things to consider about sheep. How are you like sheep? Now, Jesus used this analogy, right? <laughs> and you know how I said sheep aren't bright animals? Well, the people weren't bright animals either. He said this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Okay, he kind of got it. He had to repeat himself. So let's use the words of Scripture now. And again, I'm putting these all together. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought, all, when he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. I am the good shepherd, I know my own, and my own know me. It's repeated twice and then implied a third time that the sheep know the shepherd's voice. And the primary responsibility of the sheep is to know and follow the shepherd's voice. I came across a really wonderful video, but I couldn't get the license for it in time to show it here. And if you want, go on YouTube. Do sheep really know the shepherd's voice? I think that's the title of it. And it was a really cute video. It was uh, in another country. I don't know what country it was, but you had students who were maybe 10, 12 years old. And they went out there to the, to the gate 
And uh, the shepherd apparently would say something like, yeah, 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 to the sheep. And so you had these like 10, 12-year-olds, and they would go out, and the sheep were out in the pasture, and they'd go, yeah, 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 and the sheep didn't move. They didn't look at all, and they would just, the kids would giggle, and so another kid would try, didn't work, and another kid would try, didn't work. The sheep totally ignored them. Then the shepherd comes out, and he goes, yeah, 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 and the sheep go, And he goes, yeah, 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 yeah. And they go, and they start coming towards him. It was just an amazing one. Same word, same sounds, but they knew the shepherd's voice. It was a great video. I wish I could have gotten the license to show it here. But the sheep know his voice. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Do you know the shepherd's voice? And how would you know the shepherd's voice? I mean, some people think, well, I, to know the shepherd's voice, well, let's see, do I have to just go in a room all by myself where it's quiet and I just sit and I listen for the voice of Jesus? I mean... There are some people who do that, or do they look inward and try to hear the voice of Jesus inward, that audible voice? And the answer to all of that is no. That's not where you hear the voice of Jesus. That's not where you know the voice of Jesus. So where will you find the voice of Jesus? It's in Scripture. All Scripture is the voice of our shepherd. So if you want to know the voice of the great shepherd, you need to know his word that he gave us. All right, sheep, I'm going to give you a little bit of a quiz here. I'm going to give you a phrase, and then you say yes, if that's the voice of the shepherd, or no, if it's not the voice of the shepherd. Are you ready? Okay. Here we go. God helps those who help himself. Very good. That is not the voice of the shepherd. As a matter of fact, it was created by Ben Franklin and appeared in Poor Richard's Almanac in 1757. What does the voice of the shepherd actually say? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. All right, let's do another one. To thy own self be true. Yes or no? Well, a little difference here. No. This is not the voice of the shepherd. This is the voice of William Shakespeare from the tragedy Hamlet. Here's what the shepherd says. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You want to know the truth and be set free? Abide in his word. All right, here's a little trickier one. Money is the root of all evil. Yeah, I said trickier, so now the sheep, you're just like sheep. It's like, I don't know if we should follow. (laughs) It is, it's just like that. This is tricky because it's close, but it's not quite. And that's the hard part. The actual quote is, for the love of money is a root 
of all kinds of evil. So first of all, it's the love of money, which is a root, not the root. It's a root of all kinds of evil, because when you have the love of money, well, then you have greed, you have pride, you have power, you have abuse, all sorts of stuff, right? So it's just the love of that is a root. Money in itself is neutral. Okay, another one. Hate the sin, love the sinner. No, this is not a word from our shepherd. Now, there's a biblical sense to it, isn't there? But it's actually not the voice of the shepherd. Okay? It's actually, get this, it's uh, actually a loose quote of Mahatma Gandhi, who denied Jesus as Lord and Savior. In 1929, he wrote, hate the sin and not the sinner. Now, St. Augustine actually uh, expressed a similar thought in 424 with the love of mankind and the hatred of sins. However, this phrase has been used for evil because then it says, well, this sin isn't so bad. It actually diminishes the impact of the nature of sin. And have you noticed that God does not send the sinner to the sin to hell? He says, sends the sinner to hell. So we can't diminish the impact of sin. This is, in fact, from the Sermon on the Mount, what Jesus wrote, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out. For it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better for you to lose one of your members than your whole body go to hell. That's the voice of the shepherd regarding the nature of sin. All right, let's do this one. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Yes, very good. From Acts chapter, everybody's like, knew that one. The sheep are cheering. Yay, we got one, one for us, one for us. (laughs) Acts chapter 16, verse 31. Believe in the Lord and you will be saved, you and your household. We need to know his voice, right? And his voice is given to us in scripture, but the world will want to take that and shape it and change it for its own reasons. This is the sheep. Do you know his voice? Because you need to know his voice so you will not be led astray or taken away by the thief. So let's go to the thief. This is the section. Truly, truly, I say to you, He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. And all who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. So we have to be clear. Jesus is talking about these thieves, these robbers. He's not talking about a literal man with a mask on climbing in the, into the shepherds in the sheep pen. He's talking about the religious leaders of the day, right? 
the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes. He's talking about all of those leaders who are stealing the sheep. And how are they stealing the sheep? They are doing it by trying to get to to heaven, right? By trying to have salvation, not through grace, but through the law, through legalism. See, what is the gate? It is Christ Jesus and his grace. It is by grace you are saved, not by following the law. But when you have shepherds who enforce the legalism and there is no grace, it only leads to death and destruction. Jesus had very harsh words about people who were the thieves, the robbers, and the people who were trying to save themselves by following the law exactly and strict legalism. John chapter 8, Jesus said of the Pharisees and the Jews who were there, you, I'm sorry, you are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So when people are doing strict legalism and there is no grace, who is their father? Jesus said, the devil. Again, that's the voice of the shepherd to want to protect you. So let me ask you, are there thieves and robbers like that of this day? Yeah, there are, aren't there? Yeah, even within the churches, there are thieves and robbers, the strict legalism, and there is no grace, there is no love. But some of them are easier to spot also. And some we know that are not shepherds. And they might not be legalists, although they are. I'm going to mention two right now. Mormons are legalists in the strict sense of the manner, because you are saved by your works, and so are Jehovah's Witnesses. They are thieves and robbers. And yet there are also other thieves and robbers that aren't necessarily legalists. Remember one time I talked about the gospel is the narrow road, and we also need to enter by the narrow gate, and on one side you can fall onto legalism, on the other side is uh, no law or license, so you have legalism or license to do whatever you want. Well, on this side, this is just as dangerous as this side. And on this side, we would call this now progressive Christianity, although there's nothing progressive about it, but that's the name of it. And when you start to research and start to find out more about them, there is no Christ, there is no salvation. They are also thieves and robbers. And so you have denominations such as the Episcopal Church, the ELCA Church, the United Methodist, the, U, uh, the USPCA, United, uh, the Presbyterian Church of America. Even the Southern Baptist Convention is now starting to veer a little bit this way with uh, social justice and something called critical race theory. It's bad. 
And in this town, we have an ELCA church and one of the Methodist churches. These are the progressive churches, and they do not give life. Ultimately, they give death. Right, they do not believe in Christ. And I'm going to get into this a little bit. So we have to watch out because these thieves and robbers, especially in the progressive side, even the legal side, they'll use language that sounds right. And sheep follow them because it sounds right. But what did, but remember, the thief cares nothing for the sheep. So we have to watch out. Jesus said, watch out for false prophets, right? False teachers, false prophets. These are the thieves and robbers. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. One commentator said this, and I really like it. The problem with prophets is that they appear to be prophets. They take on the role of a spiritual leader. They look like the real thing. They're believable. They really look like sheep. That's the point. In fact, it's impossible to tell them from real sheep. This is what gives them the ability to mix among the sheep without being recognized. No one would be able to tell until it was too late. The false prophets do not talk like wolves. They say things that sound very spiritual and religious. In fact, their beliefs, words, and actions often seem to outdo even the most committed. It is a danger on both sides. The thief will give you a counterfeit gospel, or in simple terms, a false gospel. You certainly can find that on the legalism side, but without doubt, you find it on the progressive side. So, sheep, I'm going to uh, give you two choices here. What's the real gospel? What's the false gospel? Okay, so we're going to go through some just a little bit so you get the idea of what's the false gospel of progressivism. One gospel says people are good and simply need acceptance. People are sin the other one says people are sinful and need of redemption. Is people are good and simply need of acceptance, is that a true or false gospel? That's the false gospel, isn't it? And that is the gospel of progressivism. It says that really people aren't sinful. They're basically good. And here's the thing. When you take this and really run with it, it ultimately denies Jesus and his cross. It denies that Jesus must die for people. And I've run across this. Many people then just say, well, Jesus was a good teacher and he was just giving us an example and the atoning sacrifice wasn't. But on the other side, the true gospel says people are sinful and in need of redemption. And this affirms the work of the cross. See, you hear a lot of politicians talk about, hi, I'm a Christian and all across the board, right? But what they never say is, I'm a sinner through and through, and I cannot save myself. It's only through Jesus and the cross of Christ that I'm saved. 
They always just say, well, I, I'm a pretty good person and I'm a Christian. That's the false gospel that is out there. Okay, let me give you another one. God is love only. God is loving and just. Is God love only? Is that the gospel? That is not the gospel. Now, the problem is it's part of it, right? God is love, and it affirms that. But God is loving and just, which means he is holy and righteous. So on the other side, where God is love only, and it becomes this really big, fuzzy love, mushy-type love, they would say just a part of John 3.16. That's what the progressives would quote. So they would just probably stay with, say with this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And they'd probably stop there. God loved the world, he gave us his son. But what does John 3.16 through 18 say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. Do you hear the law? Do you hear the gospel? It's both, right? Okay, last part. Christian behavior. God accepts any behavior so long as I am sincere. And the other, okay, the laughter there, you know one, that one's false, right? The other one says, God desires me to live a clean and holy life in keeping with repentance. So it's very clear, right? See, on the side of this one, the side that is false, it sounds good, and it sounds alluring, but does it lead to life? No, it will lead to death. And remember, the thief does not care about you and your eternal life and your eternal soul. It only leads to death. As it says from our reading, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. So we need to remember and focus on our good shepherd, right? So now let's go to our good shepherd. So the scripture from this is, to him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. So Jesus in here says he is not only the good shepherd, but he's the gate. Now, it's kind of a, perhaps a little confusing double analogy, double metaphor here. But you have to understand, in biblical times, the shepherd would gather the sheep in, in a, a pen or the mouth of a cave or briars, and often they, they would close it up, 
but the shepherd would actually lay down in front of that gate so no predator would come in. And wolves and other predators would come in. And it was possible for a shepherd to lose his life to those predators. So to lay, to literally lay in the front of the gate was a dangerous proposition. But the life of the shepherd, the good shepherd, was to protect the sheep that they may have life. Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So let's talk about the good shepherd in relation to us, the sheep. First of all, the good shepherd knows you and calls you by name. The good shepherd knows you and calls you by name. So this isn't just a general type of knowing that we're talking about here. This is a very specific knowing of you. And he calls you the sheep. Now, do you remember how the description I gave of sheep, right? Not all white and fluffy, not all the brightest bulbs on the planet. You and I, though we are stained by sin, that we have sin that we want to keep secret, that we never want to let anybody know about, that we would be ashamed to be known by, the shepherd knows you in that manner. And he calls you by name, that you're his, that your name is now redeemed, that your name is now restored. That your name is now saved by his grace. He calls you and knows you by name. Tommy Walker wrote this song. He says, I have a maker. He formed my heart. Before even time began, my life was in his hand. He knows my name. He knows my every thought. He sees each tear that falls, and he hears me when I call. Jesus knows you, one of the flock, and he calls you. He also goes before you. So any good shepherd leading the flock is going to ward off and look for any particular danger along the path. He will lead you to where it is safe. John chapter 14. So the disciples, this was before Jesus was to be crucified and then to be die and resurrected. And he says, I'm going. And the, the disciples are like, whoa, whoa, where are you going? And he calls them. And he says, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am going, you may be also. He goes before us. So Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, has gone before us. And he will take us to that place. And he also, as the good shepherd, he calls to you to follow him, lest you get lost. So every shepherd knows that the sheep are going to wander off and get lost. 
That is the nature of sheep. And the good shepherd will go out and corral those sheep and find them and come back in. I would encourage you to go back and listen and read through the scripture from Ezekiel chapter 34 about the shepherd who goes out to find them. Because he cares for you. Just as our Lord Jesus was called to seek the lost, right? There's that song, Softly and Tenderly. Do you know, you remember that one? We played it, uh, sang it last week. Softly and Tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling for you and for me. See on the portals, he's waiting and watching, watching for you and for me. Come home. Come home. You who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling, O sinner, come home. Our shepherd goes before us, prepares a place for us, says, follow me, come home. And ultimately, when you follow your good shepherd, you find restoration for your soul. For those who are wandering, out there wandering along, looking for that satisfaction in the world, follow the shepherd and you will find restoration for your soul. What does it say in the 23rd Psalm? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The sheep, the thief, the good shepherd. So sheep, what about you this morning? Learn the shepherd's voice. Be into scripture. Drink, eat, listen to his voice. And beware of thieves who imitate his voice. And there's a lot of thieves out there. I've given you just a couple of of examples this morning. And then ultimately, follow his voice alone. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for such great love that you have for us, for being our shepherd Help us through the Holy Spirit to know your voice through your word, to follow you and trust you, to trust and obey. For there is no other way. We thank you, Jesus. Amen.